Welcome to another episode of the Professional Midwife Podcast. It is your host, moi. I don't know who else we were expecting, but it's me, TC Lola. And I'm here again with another episode. And per usual, we always do the beginning of these episodes with me giving a movie slash show recommendation. And in part two of this episode, I'm going to be talking about something midwifery related, mommy related, me related, something along that line. Um, You just have to stay and see what I'm talking about. But for this part of the episode, I want to tell you all to go out and watch. Not go out because it's not movie theaters, but go to your TVs, your laptops, your tablets, wherever you watch shows and go on either. I think it's on Amazon, right? It's either on Amazon or Hulu. I don't know. But Harlem, Harlem is the show that I am talking about. I'm sure you already knew that because I'm sure I had it in the title somewhere. But Harlem, Harlem is the show that I'm talking about this episode. Harlem is starring the infamous, the beautiful, the iconic, the vet, (laughs) Megan Good, and a couple of other people that are also all amazing actresses and actors. That guy from Cousin Skeeter, he's also in the show, which is so funny because they do a little like joke about like, whatever, you have to watch it. But it's a series. I think it's about 10 episodes. Literally, I watched everything in one night. I don't know what my problem is. I literally sat down. Someone told me to go watch it. One of my friends told me to go watch it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go watch it. I sat down maybe at like in the evening time. I did not get up off of that couch until I was done with the whole series. Now, this show is not like super jarring or like super climatic. It's nothing like that, but it was super relatable, especially as women. Like, it's so wild how like everyone experienced like you could really relate to it which was very intriguing and cool to watch like how other people like reacted in the same situations that either I went through or my friends went through and you know normally when you watch a show it's like oh you could relate you could really relate to one character or you could only relate to just a, a half of the cast but the other people seem a little bit outrageous no this group of four women they're best friends they're college friends um living in Harlem going over like their life like relationship work life personal friendships just being in the world really as women as black women and all of these women are literally gorgeous like all of them are so gorgeous which is so crazy they're all the sense of this first of all wardrobe is also really like it's not over it's it's over the top when it's supposed to be over the top like of course there's some actors actresses that they're supposed to be over the top with their fashion but the wardrobe is actually really good it feels very real and it really made me miss new york like i after i was done watching the show the next day i was talking to my friend and i was telling him like dang i really miss living in new york like i might even consider going back to new york which if you know me in real life that is like a big deal for me to actually admit that because what I haven't lived in New York like I haven't like been a resident of New York City for like 10 years now like of course my parents live in New York so I go back and forth all the time but like I haven't like like as my adult self I've never like yeah whatever I don't live in New York so this show really made me miss it and I went actually went to high school in Harlem so it was kind of cool to like think about like 
what it would be like if I were to consider to go back to New York. Honestly, if I were to go back to New York, I probably wouldn't live in Harlem. Um, 125th is just very, <laughs> very traumatic for me. Like, I go, that's my hair ladies over there on 125th, so I always go to her. But when I'm out there, it's never a pleasant, <laughs> never a pleasant um visit. Like, if you live in Harlem or if you live in New York in general and you've been on 125th Street, especially like around like um Malcolm X, uh wherever that Whole Foods is, like the, where the two three train is, the BCA train, like that area is a little bit too Harlem for me. Um, which is normal for people that live in Harlem, but for me, that is not normal. I don't like that type of energy all day long, 24-7. That's not my vibes. But I really do miss living in New York. Like the fact that you're able to always there's always something to do. Which I know, like in Philly, there's always something to do, but it's a little bit different when you have to like, you have to be a, how do I, how can I say this? Like an active participant in the fun, right? I feel like when I'm in New York, or maybe because I grew up in New York, that this is why I feel like this. But I feel like when I go out in New York, like I don't really have to do much and I'll have a great time. Like I feel like I don't really have to add to anything. I feel like my environment around me is always fun. Um, maybe it's because of the people that I hang out with when I'm in New York. I don't know. But when I'm in Philly, I feel like I have to be like an active participant in my fun or I'm not going to have fun. Which that could be a little exhausting, especially if you spend a lot of time <laughs> talking to people and exerting energy and having to interact with people when you are trying to let loose and trying to enjoy yourself is a little hard to still wear that hat of like being the life of the party and like, you know, all that shit, but whatever. But it really did make me miss New York. But honestly, I would never, I probably like, I say never say never, knock on wood, but I don't really see myself moving back to New York unless someone was like, oh, I got a brownstone for you in Brooklyn, specifically near the Brooklyn Terrace, because I would die to live downtown Brooklyn. Like I love, that's my favorite part of New York is downtown Brooklyn. Even though it's a little bit gentrified now, but if I could just get a brownstone down there, I probably A, would never leave my house. B, I would always be on the Brooklyn Terrace because that is my favorite spot in New York. I probably would pick up a teaching job at City Tech or something like that. I don't know. But I would love to live in that area of New York. And unless someone is telling me that they are they have a brownstone for me in that area, I'm probably not going to go back to New York. But Harlem the show really did make me miss being in New York they really did touch on like important topics about New York especially around like the gentrification thing around it and how like I don't know the proper word or the proper terminology for this concept but it is very like I know a lot of like black creatives in New York where they are able to you know be their best selves and showcase it but like at the end of the day, the person that owns the building or the person that owns the restaurant or the person that is orchestrating the event is a white person, which I mean, I get it. But like, why can't it just be like bought by black people, ran by black people for black, black people? Like, why can't we do that? But they definitely touched that touched on that subject in the show, which it was cool. It also made me miss having girlfriends. Like it really, no, no, no. I I take that back a little bit because I have friends. I have female friends in Philly. I have female friends in New York. I have 
female friends in general, but it made me miss living in close proximity to them. Like I miss just like randomly like, oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Like I miss that part of life. Like right now I feel like if I have to do something or if I want to do something or if people want me to do anything, it's like always like a like, you know, planning and like, oh, is everybody free and blah, blah, blah. Like, I really want to like, I was thinking about it actually while I was watching the show. I was like, why can't I do this? I would love to just like every Thursday is just brunch day and like just meet up with a group of girls like every Thursday and we just brunch all over Philadelphia. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are a woman, I mean, men too, I guess, but yeah, men are cool, but I don't know. sometimes you just need like that feminine energy around you. But like the, the pressure is different from men than being around women. I feel like when I spend a lot of time with women, I get like a, a lot of insight and I get a lot of like inspiration when I hang out with other women because it's like, okay, like the things that I'm learning or the things that I'm talking about, there's no pressure behind it to be like a certain way. It's just like everyone expressing themselves. And then it was also cool to like see that these were grown women because they are definitely grown women still hanging out with each other because I think we have that like perception that like, oh, when you get old or when you get a boy, even though all of these women were single, but when you get a boyfriend and like you you start to have children and things like that, you kind of like, it's harder to see your female friends and hang out like that because you have other responsibilities. And I get that. I definitely do get that. But I don't know. So I think after this show, I definitely want to do my best at making, hanging out more with other women. I spend a lot of time either with my clients or by myself or with my close friend. (laughs) So I do want to explore. That show definitely made me want to explore that side of it. And I don't want to be like... A 30-year-old with only two friends. Like, I want a solid group of friends. Like, I do, I, sh- I want to strive for that because I think that is also important to have friends. And not necessarily to do the boring stuff, like, have debates and shit like that. But to just, like, really enjoy other women's company. Like, I forgot how much I missed that. Like, it's lovely. Like, being badass bitches out on brunch. Bad bitches brunch. Bad bitches do brunch. Maybe I should do that. I should like really do that. Bad bitches do brunch. I like that. Anyway, <laughs> go watch Harlem on either Amazon or, or um, Hulu. I can't remember which one it's on, but you'll figure it out. We're in the 21st century. You can Google all these things and see where they're showing Harlem. So. so for part B of this episode, I have a lovely guest that I will be introducing you all to. But hopefully the second part can help some first time mamas that are considering a home birth. Uh, And just to kind of pick up the vibe on what it's like to have me as a midwife or just to have midwifery care in general. Hopefully this helps. I actually do. I should name this podcast part two of that other episode where I was talking about long labors Mm -hmm. because I believe it was your labor that prompted me (laughs) to record that episode, Um, which I will say first time moms, that's pretty typical to be in labor for a really long time. Um, It doesn't feel that great to be in it, but it is very normal because this is the first time that your body's opening up in this capacity. And we have this lovely, lovely co-host here, baby Ryan. Tell the people. 
Yes, and Ryan is over here giving all of the smiles, yeah. all of the gums. That's a happy. Let's see it. And I literally prayed the whole time. Yeah. Like, happy, healthy Ryan. That's it. Happy, healthy Ryan. And here we are. And you healthy, girl. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the second person that I have on this podcast is a former client. Yes, yes. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself and definitely talk about your business as well. Because once I came across that on Instagram, I remember that day like, oh, I got dope clients. Like, <laughs> this is dope. I'm really excited. So, I am Angel, Angelita. My uh, Instagram is John underscore Angel. Yes. I am a barber. And I am Brian's mama. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Philly native, right? You were born in Philly, right? Yeah, born and yeah. raised in Philly. From Manny Young, people didn't really know much about it back in the day, but now they're like, Manny Young, let's go to Manny Young. I'm like, okay. I'm not going to lie, I love Manny Young, right? too. It's I mean, besides the hills and, like, yes. the bad roads, it is a dope spot to be in. They have yeah. lots of nice restaurants yes. over there. A lot of good eats. So, we have this baby, October of 2021. Yeah. So, we are officially, how many months? She will be four months on the 22nd. Wow. Yeah. That happened October 22nd? Mm-hmm. She was October 22nd at 7, 11 p.m. You know what's so wild? That's the day after my brother's birthday. Really? Yeah, his birthday is the <sighs> 21st. <laughs> but it's That's so crazy because cool. when I think about it, like, I don't remember him in those, like, days that I was focusing on you. <laughs> Which, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> Aw, poor brother. I'm sorry, brother. I took up, your, took up the... Uh... He'll be alright. He'll be alright. He'll be alright. So maybe you should let people know how... What brought you to midwifery care or what, like, kind of led you to want to seek a midwife. Okay. So I actually had been seeing a few of my people I follow on Instagram go for the midwife mm. experience versus the hospital. And once I started like doing more research and going and like seeing videos and things of that nature, I felt like it was just, it looked beautiful, you know, and I wanted my experience to be a beautiful experience. So I, I actually mentioned it to a few clients and I was referred to you from an Instagram friend. Oh, wow. Yeah, an Instagram friend. And then a client said, recommended you as well. I'm like, oh, it's perfect. Ah. So two people said the same thing. I'm like, I gotta go with it. That's dope. Shout outs to them. Yeah. Actually, no, I, didn't, I don't think I knew that. But shout outs to them. Definitely always spread the word. Especially yeah. if you hear people are looking for alternative options of giving mm-hmm. birth and receiving care. Definitely direct them to your local yeah. midwives. Yeah. And in the, like, the last, like... Since, like, what, 2019, I decided to go more on a healthier journey in life. Mm-hmm. You know, exercising, working out, getting my body right. Just seeing my family members experience, like, pain and stuff in their mm-hmm. older age. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> so, right. another reason why I picked, you know, going with the midwife. Because I knew that it would be better for my health, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. So Now, I don't have your file in front of me, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we were pretty much low risk. There was nothing lingering. We were really mm-hmm. healthy, active, mm-hmm. ate well, mm-hmm. had a lot of accountability. <laughs> yes. And that's why you came out so perfect because right. your mommy was eating all that she could. <laughs> but yeah, so to be a good candidate, to have a home birth, to be with a midwife, you have to be low risk, right? So... Um, not to say that if you have any lingering conditions that you shouldn't reach out to a midwife because you should because a lot of stuff 
are spectrums and things that you just have to pay attention to yeah. versus um, a complete no. Right, right. Which is usually if you are on medication to stay well on an everyday basis, then most likely maybe being at home isn't the best option for you. Um, but definitely still explore your options. Talk to your local midwives, your local doulas, and I'm sure they'll be able to navigate you in the best position to be in the best position how did you feel about prenatal care and don't hold back because that was your midwife <laughs> no honestly okay so before i because i didn't get to reach out to till like june mm-hmm. and that was me literally that whole time trying to find someone yeah. just trying to find someone to use and if i was going to go that route because i was scared at the same time mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. you just never know what can happen right. and they got people telling me yo don't do that because it's scary da, 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 da. So once I found you, we had an um an interview and then from that interview I was like, Yes, she's perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> and before that I was actually going to the regular uh, GYN at Roxboro and I didn't really enjoy the service I got from them. Mm-hmm. They were very like, you know, plus it's COVID, so I understand like, you know, the certain restrictions and really can't be too talkative and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But I just felt un I, I felt like the experience I got the first meeting with them, it was like they were pre-judged. They were judging me. Mm. Like, you know, I have welfare health insurance. Um, this is my first kid. I've had abortion before. <laughs> it's Ooh, like every, all the questions they ask, you could just see from the demeanor. You know, that, they, that their thought yeah, process right, like, okay, shift. <laughs> right, you know, already getting their little things together in their mind. And then little did I know, the woman who was supposed to be helping me give birth was in the room. Mm. I didn't even know that. She didn't even tell me, like, I will be the one, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I just was like, okay, whoever this woman is. <laughs> so from there, I just, I was like, I didn't really like that. So once I found you, I started just going to you and not going back to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I felt like my prenatal experience coming here was perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I got to, mind you, I live close by, so that was even better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect at first, so I, I would bring, you know, people with me because I didn't want to feel weird. Yeah. And then it just got to the point where we were like friends. Yeah. You know, every time I come, we're talking, having a great conversation. All the while, you're still educating me. Yeah. You know, like we're not just busting it up. You're giving me great knowledge. And every time I left you, I felt that much more confident, mm. you know, because it's a scary ride mm. the whole way down. So mm. no matter what, you always need that, like, you know, pick you back up. Right. And I felt like you were perfect for that for me. Right. That sounds amazing. I'm happy that I was able to provide that for you. And it is true. I have a a soft spot for first-time moms. I've never given birth, so I know once it's my turn, I want all the gentle touches. Mm -hmm. I want all the gentle words. Right. And I think a lot of it, too, because I I know, even though I always tell people, like, even if you don't have any education and you don't learn anything, like, your body is still going to do what it needs to do to figure it out. But there's a piece about having confidence in yourself to make the the ride feel more more bearable right because you know like okay I, we talked about this this is what this is gonna look like this is how this is feeling like i remember talking about this it's like going for a test and you never study for it it's kind of yes. like anxiety that's just anxiety all over that 
it's really important to note that even though clients look for midwives, it's also important for midwives to know who their clients are, right? Yep. So I'm probably, even though we offer every we offer services to everyone, of course, we don't turn people down just because I don't think I like you. But <laughs> it is much better when you're able to be with someone that you'll be able to understand them, You'll under, they'll understand you, yep. you guys have things in common, motives. Like my favorite type of client is young entrepreneurs entrepreneurs that's my favorite type of client and it's something understand each other on a different level (laughs) right and it's something about that like hustle accountability like mindset that's really important especially in midwifery care when i always tell people this right like i can't pull all the medications out of my bag and all of the tools to do things so a lot of it has to do with accountability right like we have to say like okay this is what i'm responsible for this is what i'm gonna do and then the day of everybody just shows up and we just wait for baby yeah but all that you've done and you know in that time would have prepared you right you know which i felt like i was very prepared um granted you know things did go the way they went I felt like you really helped me get to that point where I felt confident once I got to that Mm -hmm. that point you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I think the goal at the end of the day right like I can't promise that people will give birth at home 100% I can't promise that you'll go in this day your labor is going to be this long Mm -hmm. but one thing that I do really try to make sure of is that my moms have confidence right and then this birth is empowering however it unfolds I want you to be able to say like yes every turn of the way it was me that was making all of these decisions decisions about Mm -hmm. myself right yeah educated of course which is it, in the hospital is a little hard, but we'll get to that piece of stuff, right? Because before making it to our little transfer to the hospital that we shall not name, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. Should we name it? Because people should know. Because I, I think, think, yeah, well, I think we should name yeah, it. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> and we're gonna get to that part, right? So before we made that transition, right, we were at home, and that was probably the longest part of this journey, right? The mm-hmm. most tiring, the most taxing part of this. Um, which is not only taxing for moms, it's taxing for everybody that's everybody there supporting involved. you, mm-hmm. the professionals that are there. Um, and you were so awesome. I felt like I felt bad sometimes yeah. having to call you. No, no, you. no. Yeah, I, see, yeah. <laughs> like, should I call her? I don't know. I you feel, should. Let me just text her. <laughs> you should. Even though text messages are fine, especially right. during the day, like it's but that cool. Was us. We knew how right. to communicate right. really well through text. And most people know, like, if you text me and I don't respond, it's probably because I'm sleeping, so you probably yeah. should call. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. You probably should call. But yeah, yeah. I, I can't know. remember a time where she didn't pick up. <laughs> she was always there. Which we appreciate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how often can you get that in in, ho- in a hospital? Mm-hmm. I never think that I could ever text my, my doctor, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Some mm-hmm. people do have that luxury, but not everybody does. Very and sometimes true. it costs to do that, you know? <laughs> how was being in labor for you at home from the beginning? From, like, the first time you noticed? Like, how did you know? I can't remember quite too much right now. But um, how did you know, like, okay, I'm in labor right now? So I actually came to see you that day for um, an actual appointment. Mm-hmm. And then I was telling you, I like, you know, was feeling a little bit like crampy. And you were telling me that, you know, maybe just, you know, get out and move around, you know, do something I enjoy. And I ended up booking a pole dance class. Mm, that was yes. something I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I had stopped going for a while because I was at that point I got too scared mm-hmm. like I don't want to hurt her yeah. I don't want to go I feel like I'm weak I can't com- I can't keep up with everybody yeah. 
And literally, I went to the class and I was keeping up with everybody. I was going faster than everybody else. It was so funny. And then that night, I started to feel like the contractions in my stomach. And you uh-huh, felt them that too, was you. right? Uh-huh. That was you fighting me. <laughs> so I started feeling some contractions and. My water actually did not break until that Wednesday. So this was Monday. Yeah. Monday yeah. night that I started feeling contractions. And then from then, I labored at home until Wednesday, like early morning and at like four in the morning. My water broke. Mm-hmm. And I still labored longer after that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But... And we had a doula there as well. Yes. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. And usually when people tell me that they're in labor and it's early, I usually tell people to like, relax, go to sleep right. and do this. How was that for you, the beginning part? So in the beginning for me, it was it was a little weird because I've never felt a contraction right. like that before. I was feeling the Brexton Hicks for a little while. And that's when it kind of completely shifted. Like it got a little, a lot more intense. Um, it was, it was definitely better being at home because I felt like I could relax any way I wanted to mm-hmm. and move around how I needed to um you know I'll still be eat food and you know drink drinks and all that kind of stuff because when you're in the hospital they kind of just tell you to stop right. and that's exhausting even more I think it's so funny when people say that because it's like if you were in labor and you didn't eat and you didn't drink right. you have you pass out anything, <laughs> right? you will get headaches and I did I was able to eat and stuff and it lasted four days mm-hmm. granted I don't think I would have lasted four days in the hospital because they probably wouldn't let me. Yeah. But, mm. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I did different things that you suggested. Uh, I even, you even recommended someone to come help me, like, you know, stretch my body. Mm. That was dope. I felt like I would have never experienced that mm-hmm. being in a hospital. Um, I was able to, you know, move about, go outside, uh, take walks and stuff, you know, to go through the pain. And I think that's really how I endured it for so long because I wasn't restricted to a bed, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that can be hard. And that can be even more scary. And when, you're, when your mind is in another place, you can't focus on what you're doing. Right, right. So it's, yeah. At any point of that, did you think like, okay, I can't take this pain anymore. Like, I no, can't do this. The pain but... was not, I won't, I won't say the easiest part, but it was like, it came. I got to it, and I kept it pushing, right. you know? And right. then I went and watched TV or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I laid down. Um, I would just try to keep myself occupied so I don't think think about it too much. And it helped me get through it. Yep, that was a, a long labor. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was. That yeah. was. I even went to Wawa. Right, right. Which is super dope in itself, right? To be like, okay, I was in labor, but it was, felt like right, felt like a, a normal day. day, right, right. Which I think that's really beautiful, and it is normal, right? You just you're normal with contractions. Yep, mind you, it's COVID, and you know it's still like a weird situation. But I was able to have people come in and out and visit me. You know, I was at home, so no one could tell me what to do. And then so laboring at home, chilling at home making because we, we were making progress right but it just yes. wasn't like big jumps of progress right and that's kind of what was dragging labor on for for some yeah, time my body was taking forever to open up right. and we tried everything even yeah. dr castor oil yeah. no no we didn't we take didn't it do. okay cool i, that's I think i drew good. the line at yeah. the castor oil <laughs> <laughs> but i think we bought it right somebody bought it i don't think so. no okay maybe i made that we did up. an enema we did do the enema. I haven't done an enema since I was a student. 
<laughs> that was interesting because I never had an animal yeah. before ever in my life. And I was like, okay, all right. This is different. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Another reason why you want to have a good relationship with the person who's yeah. going to help you give birth because they're in your, you know, they're all over your body. They're looking at your body parts and all that kind of stuff. That's really true. You know, really true. <laughs> literally walking around my house with have no clothes on, a robe on. <laughs> that is very true. As you should be in your house, in your most comfortable part. part. Mm -hmm. Comfortable. And it is kind of weird to think about because most people, once they get to that transition part, like when the baby's right about to come, Mm -hmm. they tend to strip off their clothes, like just being overwhelmingly hot. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine having to do that, like, in a. Because when it's time to have a baby in the hospital, like six different people come into the room and it's like. All right, <laughs> let's All, get this done. The whole time, right. though, like, like every hour, like back to back to back to back to back. I'm like, ugh, leave me alone. Yeah, that's not fun. But yeah, so the transition from home to hospital, right? Making that um, decision, which you made by yourself, right? Because yeah. I think right before we left, it was kind of like, okay, let's relax for the night. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting there like, okay, we're going to settle in in the night. And I was thinking like, okay, I'm listening to this baby every so often. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, we'll see what happens. And I remember you sitting, you sitting on yeah, your bed, Indian you. style. <laughs> and I was sitting on the um, rocker chair and you were chilling and sleeping actually. And then you had a contraction and you looked up and was like, oh no, I'm going. <laughs> like that was my last contraction. <laughs> That was my last contraction. <laughs> no, I'm about to have. Like, that's it. And it was chill. Like, we kind of just, like, was like, all right. And we packed the stuff up. And for me, it was having those contractions and not going past four centimeters. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if I was contracting and I'm prog- progressing, then I'm cool because mm-hmm. I could rough it out. Mm-hmm. But not progressing, that was very disheartening, mm-hmm. you know. And I was just like, I feel like I'm exhausted I don't know how much longer I'm going to take. You know, I don't want it to be where she's unhealthy. You know, something happens Mm -hmm, with her. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had to make that choice. And I did appreciate that you waited for me to make that choice. You know, you didn't force me to do anything. I didn't feel like I was giving up. I just felt like I was going to get help, you know, Mm -hmm. help that we couldn't do at home. Right. So, And I think that's something that I had to learn being a midwife because Mm -hmm. I've had like situations in the past where it was like okay i'm clearly seeing something that is not this is not normal right Right. let's go into the hospital and i would like advocate for that decision and i've had clients turn around and be like it was too soon for me to go or i didn't feel like i needed to be here and it's kind of like just like you know and we'll talk about it later right about Mm -hmm. protocols and like Mm -hmm. why we have to be able to kind of adjust ourselves so that Mm -hmm. we could also like help people that have to be a part of this protocol and it was kind of like oh this is just against my protocol like it's not safe anymore we got to go into the hospital so i've had people like tell me like yeah i don't i didn't feel like i should have went to the hospital for Mm -hmm. whatever reason right Right. and it's kind of like it's hard to it's hard because it's like i could tell you to go to the hospital i could tell you to stay home and i can't promise you like what it would be like like Mm -hmm. oh let's just stay home for another 12 hours like what if everything possible under the sun goes wrong in that 12 hours yeah or what if I say, oh, let's go to the hospital now because something's happening and we get to the hospital and it corrects itself. And, mm-hmm, nothing. <laughs> and at that point, you feel like you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much I'm stuck. Because <laughs> they will make sure yeah, that you will have a baby before right. you leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. We think it's best you stay. Woo. We didn't even get to the juicy part of this birth story yet. But I am going to end it here and we're going to save the rest for episode 18. So just... 
be on the lookout for it. I don't want to give you a specific time because, you know, we don't like pressure over here. So just wait for that notification to pop up or for me to post something on Instagram to let you know that episode 18 is live. And I'll see you in the next one.